this is where you come to hear tales of loss, redemption, salvation, perspectives, epiphanies, and self-evolution. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the glory in our stories. What up, TGOS listeners? Welcome to the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories. We are getting closer to our 100th episode, so continue to listen to past and present interviews with some pretty awesome individuals. Their stories vary with one common theme, living life. Let's continue to encourage one another to listen during this time of social injustice and systematic racism. We can't progress without practicing consideration. On this episode, we have Miss Monica Acosta, owner of Space Yoga Studio in Augusta, Georgia. Monica and I discuss the pros of yoga and what it does for the inner and outer body, the effects of COVID-19 as a business owner, and surviving in a culture of immediacy. Check it out. Today, I have uh, Mrs. Monica Acosta, um, owner of Space uh, Space Yoga Studio in Augusta. Um, I met not in person, but uh, I came across uh, Monica at a at a summer retreat. Not a summer; it was like a spring retreat, a faculty retreat uh, from where, where I work. And it was funny because she was teaching us how to do chair yoga, and a lot of people that were surrounding me were people a lot older than me. So the positions that she was putting us in, I just kept hearing a lot of complaining. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, this is chair yoga. It's not like we're doing it in the most extreme form. Uh, but it just reminded me of how such an environment can be very, very tight. And it, and it, and it doesn't allow us to, to move around much. Mm-hmm. Um, but the concept of yoga I've learned throughout the years, it's just it's more than physical. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would just love to hear more from somebody who's an expert and, <laughs> and how, how how we can apply that to our everyday lives. Uh, but thank you so much. And um, I think what really intrigued me was that first of all, you started following me, mm-hmm. and I saw like, why does that look familiar? And the the sign that you have as the logo, what is that? Does that symbolize? Um, something? you mean the triangle yes. in the center? Yeah, the triangle. Um, actually, it's called the Sri Yantra, and it it has a lot of meanings traditionally in like the the yogic tradition. But it it means essentially it's the symbol used to represent the element space. So the name of the studio is space, and and it matches the A kind of in the center of the word. So. Mm-hmm. And it just looks cool, you know. So <laughs> it's it's something about the red. Mm-hmm. It really captures my attention, and mm-hmm. I, I think that's uh, that's pretty dope. Yeah, thanks. Pretty dope idea. Thanks. So the uh, the concept of yoga. What what is it about that that really appeals to you personally? Um. So I I have kind of a long history in yoga. I've been doing yoga like since high school, which is decades at this point you know Mm -hmm. um but I I was always like the person that did it in the gym you know like I would it was like my stretching you know I would go and do weights whatever and then I'd go into a yoga class 
Um, so it was not really a practice for me at that time. It really kind of started out as just like the thing I did to recover, you know, which I think is what a lot of people use it for. Um, and then maybe about eight or nine years ago, I just was having this really, I was like in a tumultuous place in my life and I needed like a, a stable I needed something to just anchor my life, you know, and I don't, it was very arbitrary. I don't know why I chose yoga. It just was like, I'll just do that thing. It's kind of like when someone decides they're going to run marathons, you know, it's like (laughs) just the thing you're going to do that's going to keep you focused and grounded. And, um, and I went to a hot yoga class and I had never, my body had never, I never felt that before. It was like, I was trembling the entire class. I felt like crying through the whole thing. It was like, it really, I was shook. I was really shook, like, after the class. Um, and, like, from that class forward, I just was, like, that was it for me. I was just sold, you know. Because I, um, you know, I kind of came into yoga in a different way because I am, I struggle with complex PTSD from, a you know, childhood of abuse and neglect. And, and when I first came into yoga... Yeah, I, I could like sometimes tell people I didn't even realize I had a body like my I was just so dissociated and disconnected from like my physical self yeah um and so when I was in that class and it was like a shock to my system it was a shock to my physical body like my legs were shaking it was so hot I was sweating and I really left that class like oh my goodness I have a body like that sounds crazy right but mm. that's how I felt so I kept practicing kept practicing and um yeah, started with that one class a week and then I just I almost like couldn't go without it you know like being able to make contact with my physical body and then also like work out what I was holding there that was like a new experience for me yeah. um and I like I didn't even know you could be trained to teach yoga I just was like this is you know the thing that I was the new thing that I was doing and then I found out that I could go and get a certification to teach and teaching is like that is really deeply like who I am, you know, that's what I've always done. Um, and so it just made sense to me. So, um, I went and got certified to teach and I mean, pretty much just since then, you know, have been teaching and practicing. Now, the cool thing about that is most people who experience, um, something like that, where it basically challenges you and it creates this, um, because the ideal of fear the response, the physical response is almost the same. Mm-hmm. So it makes you think, why would somebody want to repeat that? Mm-hmm. But when you get to that point where you and you're enjoying the challenge mm-hmm. and it provokes you to progress, mm-hmm. you think to yourself, you know what? I want more of that. Mm-hmm. And I, does you think that comes with maturity? Because I know when you're when you're young, sometimes you're like, I don't want to experience that ever again. Um, that's an interesting question. I, you know, I have a kind of general attitude of curiosity in you know like I don't like to feel afraid and I also simultaneously like always feel afraid you know like (laughs) it's kind of like a state of being for me and so when I feel fear I don't feel challenged in the way that I want to run away from it I feel challenged like you know intellectually in the sense of like is is this valid? Is this fear valid? Is this just a lie that my brain is telling me? Is there some sort of patterned either behavior or thought process or whatever it is in my brain? Is that 
what's creating and sustaining a lie about this you know so when i really feel fear i feel i think like a deep curiosity you know like like i need to go into that that's the way i feel you know like i need to dig into that and figure out why it's eliciting that response you know mm-hmm. now, for me now is there something at that moment and i'm think you've explained it, is there's something that was inaccessible inside of you prior to that initial experience that you now have full um, access to? Um, well, I, I wouldn't say it was one thing at all. You know, like, I think if anything, I, what I have access to now that I didn't have access to is like the knowledge that I'm more than just like the ball of emotions that lives in my brain, you know, like, yeah which it's hard we we're we live in a culture that is very compartmentalized you know so like if you hurt your you know foot you go to the foot doctor and if you hurt your back you go to the back doctor and if there's a heart issue you go to the heart doctor and and yoga is a holistic it doesn't compartmentalize that way you know there's very much like um a layered view of the self so that you see if something's happening in my leg well maybe it's only in my leg but also what is it connected to you know um like I guess the best example I can give of that is that I had done some private sessions with a woman for a while. She's like in her thirties and she started coming to see me because she was having like weakness on one side of her body. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and she just couldn't build up the strength. And so of course weakness on one side of the body creates imbalances and just for things like standing, for example, you know, and, um, we work together, work together. And like in the, the sessions, we were doing physical work, of course, but we're also having conversation. And, you know, that's what you kind of do in a in a session. And through a f- several sessions in, she makes a comment about that she had, when she's about 10 or 11 years old, broken her ankle. You know, she's in her 30s now. But what was happening is for that entire span of time, she was holding on to a fear of putting the full body weight on that side of her leg, on that side of her body. And so it was just consistently being weakened and weakened and weakened. And so it's like, yes, there was an there was a physical issue, but that physical issue was really a manifestation of something emotional that she was holding on to. Yeah. You know, and and that for me was like a really profound in my own journey in yoga and then in the work that I've done with people, that's always like a really profound moment of realization when it's like maybe I'm having just a physical issue, but maybe it's also connected to something. And it always is. It always is connected, you know, to something that you're holding on a deeper level or vice versa. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. something that's happening in your physical body is creating ripples in your emotional space or, you know, your mental psychological space or whatever. So, you know, I don't know that it's one thing that I have access to, but like that awareness that like, your physical body is just a part of who you are and then by on the other side of that coin your emotional body and your psyche is just a part of who you are was really that's like really it still is today like profound to me you know Mm -hmm. that awareness gives me access to so many things that i didn't really have access to before thank you for listening so far keep tuning in while we take a break and be right back So while I have your attention, I thought I'd address the elephant in the room. Um, And when I mean elephant, I mean the vigorous wind 
that is blowing <laughs> in the middle of this interview. Uh, Monica's hair is just blowing and I'm trying to hold on to the mic, hoping that it doesn't topple over. Um, but it is a, it is a perfect representation of, of what's going now, you know, dealing with the pandemic and everything else with the, with the social climate of injustice, things are happening outside of our control, causing everything else to come out in a way we did not plan it. Um, I think that is a perfect representation of life. The question is, how are we going to handle what we are given? So, um, keeping with the, the continuity of the, of the one take episode with every episode I do is always one take only one, because it reminds me that we only have one opportunity, one chance, one life. Um, so let's make the best of it. So continue to listen to the latest episode of the glory in our stories. And now back to the episode. Um, it was years ago when I was here, actually, about six years ago. And under, during undergrad, I was having some issues in my lower left side. So I went to the doctor. Some They said, you know, it might be uh, kidney stones. Mm. So I took all these remedies, hoping to pass it. Nothing happened. So I went back. They took x-rays and said, it might be your, I can't even pronounce it. It's a muscle that connects the, I think, back of the spine to one of the femurs. Mm-hmm. So it was like, like that, your psoas? Something like that. I think it was. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, that's what it is. I'm like, okay. So I looked it up and said, okay, it's that. Mm-hmm. But I don't I didn't know how to treat it. And then I kept having these pains for about maybe a year. Mm. And then all of a sudden they went away. Mm-hmm. And the reason being is because I was highly stressed. That yep. was probably the most stressful period yep. in my life. But I didn't think that there was a connection. For sure. Because we so focused on on centering the issue on one single thing. Yes. And it completely um we're not it keeps us from covering like going to the surface and Mm -hmm. getting to the meat of it to Mm -hmm. the essence of it yes and um you know being informed that there are much bigger problems i think for me i was always too afraid to address them Mm. because they caused that you can't really fully heal until you get to that yeah you know the 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 analogy that i often give um when i'm teaching is you know those like little i don't even know where you find them anymore but they're like little wooden figurines that are like a giraffe or something and there's a button at the bottom and then you press it and the giraffe like collapses do you know the things i'm talking about i haven't seen before it's like a little wooden kid's toy and it's like they're usually like very small and they're all kind of held together with these like rubber bands on the inside and so you just hold it and you press at the bottom and there's a giraffe and it just collapses down Mm -hmm. and if you slowly release the tension from the bottom it's like little parts of the giraffe will start to come back together and then if you let it go completely it goes back to looking like it's a full giraffe you know but the thing about it is like if you if you slowly release the button like one piece looks like it's at the right place but the other piece is all jacked up and then the other piece that one goes into place but another piece is up and it's like it's all one unit Mm. but if all the pieces aren't aligned it can't actually look like it's supposed to look you know and like that's the way that i think about it like we can fix something on the surface and i think culturally like this culture is very much a fan of that like let's just fix it on the surface because when we start digging it's like like you said like what are we going to come up with you know yeah. but like you you can't have a healthy plan if the roots are bad 
you know mm-hmm. you, you have to get to the roots you have to get down into that and then and figure out how to heal from there you know it, it's all connected and it's funny you said that because i was thinking about you know a lot of because of the um racial climate that's taking place mm-hmm. a lot of businesses are changing logos changing names mm-hmm. and like you said it's easy for them to change what's on the surface mm-hmm. but the issue everybody else is having is but what about what you stand for yes. as, a, as a business mm-hmm. uh, what you stand for as a institution mm-hmm. and not addressing that we still still encouraged you to open um, Space Yoga Studio? Was that an idea that you... Um, So, you know, it was very random. It was really a very random thing. I mean, I had had been practicing. I was very connected to the practice. I wanted to teach, but there was nowhere that I really could teach or, or wanted to teach. And, like, my experience with yoga has been really different than than I think many other experiences, which is, like, I, I did yoga as fitness, but when I really committed to it and like the things that started opening for me and like unlocking my body and unlocking like stuff that had been stuck forever, yeah. um, specifically like related to trauma and, you know, what's stored in the body that you just don't want to deal with, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I started looking into places to teach, it was like, I didn't feel aligned. Like I'm very big on alignment and I that sounds like woo woo or whatever. <laughs> and I know it's like, we're having a yoga conversation. So that's like, I'm not being funny though. Like I, I, I feel that when things are in alignment, like it, it just feels a certain way, you know? It's like, mm-hmm. like it's just vibing right. And when it's not in alignment, it, you just know, there's just a sense, you know what I'm, I mean? Yeah. And. So there were a couple places I was like looking at and I just didn't feel aligned with it. Like for me, like I, I couldn't feel, I didn't feel like I could go into a place and say, let's talk about how to make your body the most beautiful thing it can be because that's not why I do yoga, Yeah. you know? And, and so every time I'd go into a place and there was conversation about how do we perfect the physical form, I was like, this isn't what I'm doing. This isn't what I want to be a part of. This isn't what yoga represents for me. And so... I found this little tiny studio. Um, it was a space just up here near the university, and it was like a really cheap rent. And I was like, whatever, I'll just I could teach a few classes a week, and it you know it can work out. And you know, I think people have a need for so many things, and they don't know what to do with that need when there's no one to meet it. Yeah. And so I didn't really realize at that time how many people had that need, and then as time has gone on, that was almost seven years ago at this point. And so as the time has gone on, you know, people are realizing, oh, there's a place I can go that will meet these needs that I have. And once the place is there and once the the space is there and the people are there, then that can happen. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of just this like random idea just because I didn't feel like aligned with all of the other places that I had looked when I wanted to start teaching. And I just wasn't really, you know, like they say, if you're going to open a business, you're going to, you need to do like market research. And you're like, I did not do any of that. Like literally <laughs> I was just like, this sounds like a great plan, whatever. Yeah. And, and then just as it has grown, you know, it, and people are coming to it for the, for the reasons that I feel 
I was hoping people would come to it. You know, that I, the reasons I wanted to provide the space for people to come to. It's just been, you know, it's a very unique experience, you know. In relation to Monica's experience opening a business or even starting one, when I started this podcast, I was very iffy about how it would turn out because all I had was my phone. And I've expressed this before, but I just, like she stated, I just did it. And starting for a lot of people is the hardest part when it's actually the easiest. Because once you take that first step, you're confident that you can take another. So I'm very glad that Monica took that step um, towards starting the studio because she's applying um, the answer to a question. She's fulfilling a need. So continue to listen to the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories uh, with Miss Monica Acosta. It's funny because the comparison that I've made to me was the difference between that and like your standard gym. And with the gym, with the gym, people have the expectations of getting immediate results, whether it's one week, a couple or a month, mm-hmm. whether you're trying to lose weight and tone or just tone after losing weight mm-hmm. um, previously. And I learned backtracking a little bit when it came to uh, trying to isolate certain parts of my body. Like I wanted to, I started running in in undergrad and I'm thinking, okay, I want to lose weight in this area. So let me look that up. Mm -hmm. And then I looked it up and said, that's impossible. Mm -hmm. You have to do one thing (laughs) to lose weight in all areas Mm -hmm. and then you tone. Mm -hmm. And I was like... Uh, it's, it's, but it's that time in between because you want mm-hmm. I wanted my results as quickly as possible mm-hmm. and people that I've asked about yoga they've all said the same thing they said yoga is too slow for me mm. and I was like hmm and it actually reflects upon their lifestyle because they're always on the go mm-hmm. so, for sure yeah so do you think that um, do you think yoga is at a place that is pace that is too slow or it's just enough to do what it was intended for so i think i think my response to that is to say that i think this culture is too fast yeah you know i think um there's a speed and an immediacy and like a a need for immediate gratification that is just so disruptive in this culture and so it doesn't surprise me like we get that a lot you know like people will come in like i could not chill out i was because they're just go 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 and it's like we have an abundance of time like we have so much time even if we think we don't we have it we have so much space i was just telling somebody today like the one thing that i think i learned the most from yoga is that no matter what the situation is there's always a space between stimulus and response there's always you always have the space the difference is you either choose to take it or you don't yeah. You know, it, it doesn't matter what the what the situation is. You get into a car accident, you have space. You know, someone says something terrible to you, you have space. You you have mm. that moment. And I think time is the same way. It's like you know, the feeling of of not having enough time is like a feeling we we project onto ourselves. Yeah. You know, it's the same as like the feeling that we don't have enough money or the feeling that we don't have enough of anything. Like if that's a lack mentality in a way, you know, like, like I think the looking at it from, through a different lens, like we do have enough time. We do have enough money. We do have enough of everything, everything we need, we have, you know, it just kind of transforms. Like 
for me it's transformative because it gives you a sense of gratitude like instead of rushing in to rush through your yoga class you can think oh my gosh I'm so grateful that I have this time to go and practice yoga you know um I I think the sense of it being slow um is maybe not so much related to the the pace of everyday life as it is the pace of practice okay you know um the, what I always relate it to is like, you, you know, I t- also teach Spanish. I've been teaching Spanish for a long time. And every now and then I'll have a student come into a Spanish one class and they'll say, am I going to be fluent after this semester? And it's always so funny to me because I'm thinking like, in what world? In what world <laughs> are you going to be fluent? Like we're basically just learning present tense yeah. for the whole semester. So in what world are you going to leave fluent? In like a language is the same thing. You, you have to know going in that this is a long process. Mm-hmm. And, and in a lot of ways, when you start to learn language, just like I think when you start a practice like yoga, it's not about what you're gaining in knowledge. It's about what you're losing in your illusion. You know, yeah. like in order to really understand how language works, you have to also understand different cultures. And you have to understand that, that language is the vehicle of culture. So it's not that they're saying things, you know, quote, way you know so some of learning language is also learning to to see and understand and be empathetic towards culture and it's exactly the same way with the yoga practice it's like what you're doing is you're unlearning all the things that you've told yourself are true about your body about your mind about who you are what you are what you're doing you know you have to kind of let that go that's what it's challenging in you i think and and i think for some people that want to you know go there and like get super in shape or do a headstand or whatever their goal is you know they get in there and it's like i have to practice for like three years to do a headstand like i'm not trying to do that you know they want this fast track and and one of the things that i always say to everybody in the studio and i like it i've said it for so long and like people know that i'm gonna say it and they get people are like upset about this i just always say why does that bother you like, you know, you come into the studio, like someone will complain about the windows being really bright. And I'll just say, why does that bother you? Like, and, and I say that because that's what I'm constantly asking myself. And m- almost always the answer to that question is like, I have a problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. never like, well, that person was a jerk. It was like, well, maybe, you know, if I could have had a little bit more empathy and understood that like we're all in crappy situations sometime, maybe I wouldn't have had the same reaction that I did, you know? Mm. And, and I think it's the same thing. Like if I would say to someone who said the practice is too slow, I would say, well, why does that bother you? Yeah. You know, explore that. (laughs) (laughs) Why is that bothering you? You know, I don't know the answer you do. So, um, years ago, my, I was in the car with my mom and my, my aunt and there's this church that I saw and it's a really nice church. And I said something like, why they spend so much money? on this church in this particular area when mm. they could have been putting money somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And my aunt said, without hesitation, what's it to you? <laughs> and I was like, what's it to me? And mm. in, re- in, in hindsight, I was like, it had nothing. <laughs> right. Like it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't really significant at all. Like if that's it had nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. And that's the, I think that's the primary issue that I've had to deal with myself. Mm-hmm. I have, I'm constantly saying, this has nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. And, um, going, right. <laughs> and going back to that, um, 
the ideal of going backwards hmm. a lot of us don't want that mm-hmm. because of the, I want to constantly go forward but I've learned that if you ever have to go backwards it's because back there you didn't learn something mm-hmm. so you have to go there retrieve it so you can keep going yep and I think that's what's I know this bothers me mm-hmm. is having to take 20 steps forward and then 10 back and like mm-hmm. I just lost 10 right and um when I took my first yoga class it was an exercise they had at work and it was only for an hour but maybe about 50 minutes in my I was I was ready to go to sleep mm. not because it was boring but for the first time I was so relaxed yeah and that's when I knew your your issue is you're not relaxed mm-hmm. not just physically but mm-hmm. for your overall wellness yeah yeah I think this culture is chronically stressed and it's so much so that I think people have manifestations of stress in their body and they don't even recognize that it's stress related like you mentioned your psoas you know like mm-hmm. oh i just have a back issue and it's like well we we can fix the back issue all day long but guess what it's going to continue to come back yeah. because until you fix the stress issue you can't fix the back issue and then the question is well how do i fix the stress issue and and i would go right back to the same question well what's bothering you and why is it bothering you like you, you can't fix the stress issue unless you answer that question you know like what unrealistic expectations are you putting on yourself? Like, like limitations is a big topic in yoga too. Like you're talking about going back backwards in steps. Um, I actually have come to quite enjoy that actually. Mm -hmm. Like to me, like, yes, I might be taking some steps backwards, but how many, how often and how frequently am I preventing my progression by refusing to go backwards, you know? And, and like when we if we want to talk about just like the physical body your body will tell you when it's time because you'll be injured so i thought i'd take the time to promote monica costa's services at space yoga studio now you can look it up you can google it um you can follow it on on instagram uh, facebook Uh, they are offering uh virtual classes and courses for you to follow while you're at home um if you're still quarantining quarantining yourself (laughs) Um, but uh, check out her services check out their services Um, I'm actually going to be checking it out pretty soon myself I was recommended uh, space yoga studio and um, I'm gonna try it out myself I'm the type of person um, I like going to the gym and um, just pumping it out and not taking my time and I think this is a great opportunity um, for me to be exposed to aspects of myself that wasn't before. Physical therapy, if you will. So check it out. Uh, And now back to the episode. The body is so brilliant. The body is so intelligent. And so if you push past your limitation, it's gonna show you real quickly that you did that. Mm -hmm. And then what's gonna happen? You're gonna do something you thought you were gonna push, 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 then you get an injury. Now you're forced to go back because you have to modify everything that you're doing. And it's highly frustrating and it's whatever, but that's a lesson, you know? I think the same thing happens to us. Like our physical body is so tangible. We can see it, we can we can feel it when it gets hurt. You know, it, I, I say in the studio all the time, like you can hold your hand out in front of you and you can look at it and you can watch you your own hand turn so the palm is up instead of down. You can watch that change happen. But like, can you actually watch the change of moving from sadness to happiness in your life? You can't watch that happen. You can't see that happen in your physical reality. So how do you make that change? Yeah. You know? So. Have you ever, um, I'm pretty sure people have, but what 
what have people been saying as far as the revelations that they've had while experiencing your your studio um it's like it's like a similar experience but all very different you know everybody Mm -hmm. kind of comes in in a different place i think the most common uh feedback that we get is like a connection to authenticity Mm -hmm. you know like because that's part of the process like in order to be fully vulnerable in order to be you know aware of who you are and how you land with people and and how you're reacting to people you have to like let go of your narrative you have to like let go of whatever lies you've told yourself are who you are what you're doing or whatever what you're going to do why you're great why you're not great whatever it's all just you know narrative and you have to let go of that and like to let go of that means to embrace all the things about you that you probably don't want people to know about and that you are ashamed of but when you embrace them you can let go of the shame you know the shame loses its meaning and so the, I think the feedback that we get like most frequently is just an ability to or learning how to embrace their most authentic self you know yeah you hit a really good point about letting go of the shame like I know someone person that have created a narrative in their life that has been consistent mm. for the past 30 years mm. um, well actually longer than that but they they fail they they choose not to go any other route mm-hmm. and obviously I think there's shame there mm-hmm. that they do not want to accept mm-hmm. um, but who would have thought that as an exercise of uh, such as this would put somebody in a place where they feel comfortable at least in some degree mm-hmm. of addressing that and mm-hmm. then deciding to make a change mm-hmm. and the concept of slowing down and since we're speaking of that how has <laughs> this because i know it has not just on a business front mm-hmm. uh, but this in this spread of the um, covid19 virus mm-hmm. and having to literally change mm-hmm. every aspect of this for you how's that been as a business owner well you know i when it first when everything kind of first happened of course like you mentioned fear earlier that was just like fear terror or like you know when you put so much of your time and energy into something and when it's particularly when it's something that has meaning for people you know it's like in the beginning the studio was just like this idea that i had and at this point i mean i see myself as the like facilitator but it's grown to be something that is so much more than me. You know, it, it yeah. is in a lot of ways, it is owned by all of the people who go there, who, who sustain it. You know, it's not, it's no longer just my work, you know? Um, and so when the, everything kind of first hit, it was like, what is this gonna mean? There was so much uncertainty. It was like, how long is this gonna last? It, are people gonna never come back or what, you know? Um, and I think I just kind of approached it the way that I do everything. Like, we just have to do the next best right thing. You know, we just have to do the right thing. And what happens will happen. And, and one of the little mantras that I use in my own life and that I share with people at the studio all the time is right action, right intention, motivated by love, unattached to consequences. It's like the way that I live my life. It's the way that I encourage people to live their lives you just do the right thing you do it for the right reason you do it because of love and you just don't care what happens you know because what happens doesn't really matter like if the studio closed or closes or whatever like that's not relevant that doesn't change the value that it has now 
you know it doesn't change the value that it's had in my life or in other people's lives or or the practice and none of it is relevant right so in, in a way it's like all that matters is that we're doing what's right and we're doing it for the right reason and and we're being you know acting out of love and everything else it will fi- it will be fine it will work out and you know that that's kind of a scary place to be because it feels like you're always on the edge of a cliff you know like i don't know i could fall i could just stand here and look at the sunset like you never know what really what's going to happen but i just don't know that you can live any other way i i just think that telling yourself that you're going to live in another way is like it's just delusion you're always in that space like even if you can't put language to it you're in that space if you're living right yeah. You know, because all you're doing is you're just looking at the path in front of you and you're just taking one step and then another and then another and then another. And that might lead you into a dark patch of woods or it might lead you to the beach. Like you have no idea and you don't even care, you know? And mm-hmm. I think that is like, to me, that is like the epitome of, of moving in faith, you know, and, and right action. Yeah. You're just doing what's right now. And so, of course, you know, the fear was there at the beginning, like what's going to happen. And I just didn't give it a lot of energy. You know, I just thought we have to do what we have to do to make sure everybody's safe. And if everything goes under, well, okay, you know, we'll deal with that when we get there. That's not where we are now. Mm-hmm. Where we are now is we have the responsibility to do the right thing. So we're just going to do that. Yeah. And what comes next comes next, you know? Um, one thing that I, you reminded me of one thing the rock always says is that every single day, He's like, my back is against the wall. Mm. And by having that mentality, it causes him to go forward mm-hmm. and go that extra mile. Mm-hmm. Every workout, every movie, mm-hmm. every ring appearance, um, every speech, everything he does, he applies that. Mm-hmm. And I'd always like, what What was, what fuel? I always ask myself, what fuels that? Because mm-hmm. The Rock is in really, always in good shape. But he said he always goes back to when, I forgot where he moved. He moved... Um, I think it was right before he started his wrestling career. He said he just moved with a couple of dollars in his pocket mm-hmm. and a dream. Like mm-hmm. that's literally all he had. Mm-hmm. But he said that space right there of uncertainty, I stay there yep. because it keeps me hungry. Yep. Um, in reference to um, like charging, you know your mm-hmm. your customers, the pay what you can. Mm-hmm. I've that's the actually that's the first time I've ever heard of that, mm-hmm. and it's very humbling. Like, what mm-hmm. what made you come up with with that idea? Because it sounds like you're, and I can tell you're very people oriented, and you mm-hmm. care about people mm-hmm. and people being comfortable and being in a place of ease. Mm-hmm. That's the feeling I get. Yeah, that's very you. important to me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. So, like, first of all, that is like the epitome of being in that space that you're talking about. Like. You know, when I first decided to to go that route, I had other friends that are business owners saying like, you're, this is business suicide. Like you're never, this is not sustainable. People are gonna come in and give you a quarter. Like it's not gonna work out. Mm -hmm. And, And my response to that was, okay, but if I have a coffee shop and I put a price on that coffee, I still don't know how many cups I'm gonna sell. So yeah. I'm not concerned about the dollar amount. I'm concerned about the quality of what we're providing. Yeah. And also I believe in this practice. And so I don't need to charge anything because it speaks for itself. The practice speaks for itself. And so, you know, I think it, it was born out of, you know, I grew up really poor. I grew up in a really poor neighborhood. We didn't have a lot of money. Um, and so when I came into yoga, yoga has just, it, it's, it's changing, it's changing, but 
in this country, it has been mostly occupied by a very specific demographic, which is, you know, mid 20s to mid 30s, white women of, of wealth who have disposable time, disposable income. And so it was priced to meet that. It was priced to that price point. You know, yeah. my experience with yoga was not that. My experience with yoga was about, like I mentioned earlier, unlocking my body, making contact with things. And so when I first decided to do it, I thought, you know, I just think it's a bunch of BS that the people who really need access to this are the ones who don't have it. Mm. You know, like the ones who are living in a space of of trauma, of poverty, of or and maybe they lived and now have come out of it or whatever. Like they can't take vacation, you know, like vacation is a huge thing right so if I can't take vacation I can't afford a yoga class and so I just thought you know what I just I just I'm just gonna get rid of the prices like I'm just done with it you know and and if it if it goes under it goes under like I just don't care you know I just think at least if for a little bit of time I can put it out there and give make it accessible to people who really need it and then if it doesn't work it doesn't work and it means worked you know yeah so do you think that uh your background your personal background plays a role in understanding people and where they're coming from in reference to this um yeah to some extent you know um i think it definitely it informs the way that i that i interact with people Mm -hmm. for sure you know um and i think people feel that like when they come into the studio i think they feel that sense of acceptance you know um and and i used to joke that like the studio is like the great equalizer like because anyone can pay whatever they want and because everybody comes there in yoga clothes like you don't know if the person on the mat next to you is like a single mother of five children barely making it or a doctor who makes three hundred thousand dollars a year so you just go in there and what you just see people you just see people you know and and you can talk to them and you don't have any all of these like artificial constructs that we have about you know job status social whatever you know money they're not there you know Mm. so it's a really unique environment um and we and we have a really diverse membership and it's just like those questions become irrelevant you know so any any new ideas for the future or is this something that you are are you pretty much well i'm pretty sure certain things are going to change Mm -hmm. i mean last three months is total evidence to that Mm -hmm. Uh, but any any uh new avenues you plan on exploring in relation to the studio Mm -hmm. um so right now we have the studio um building and then about five years ago i i certify I got a program I wrote a program for te- training teachers mm-hmm. and so I for the past five years have been training and certifying credentialing yoga teachers so I have that there and then um, we also have the nonprofit which the classes that we run in the studio are just general population classes where anyone can come in and do yoga and then we also have a nonprofit arm which runs yoga classes in the community so and then we don't charge facilities. So we have classes running um, in the Richmond County public school system. We have classes in the prison system. We have classes at the cancer center um, in several recovery and rehabilitation centers um, and the VA hospital where we work with veterans who have PTSD. And so 
we kind of are, those classes are, are supported by the nonprofit um, and, and then by volunteer teachers. And then right now we started working because of the, all of the stuff with the coronavirus, we started working on building an online library um, so people can access classes mm -hmm. from home, you know, whenever they, so other than that, you know, that's, that's pretty much where things are, you know, at the moment. <laughs> so it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. um, for the sake of time, I guess I'll ask you uh, this one last question. Um, for, from as far back as you can remember, um, including your childhood, your own experiences, and even into uh, the new challenges that you faced in life in general, and even um, becoming owner of um, Space Yoga Studio, um, and just dealing with life in general, what would you say is the glory in your story? So I, that's such a good question. Really, it's a great question. Um, and I thought about it a lot. I think I would say forgiveness. I think I would say that. Um, a lot of what I discovered in my body and in my, my emotions and in my psyche um, had to do with things that I was holding either, you know, out of anger or resentment for other people or anger and resentment towards myself. And I really feel like my life has just been a journey of like forgiveness, you know, like and, and forgiveness, is, it seems so cliche in, in the term. But for me, forgiveness means really surrender, you know, like understanding that like I I can't do all the things alone. I can't let everything go by just like sitting in a corner and going, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it go. Like it's a process, you know, there's a whole integrated process, I think of letting things go and forgiving other people and forgiving yourself. And like what's on the other side of that is just grace, you know, mm. it's just grace. So I think that's what I would say. Forgiveness. Mm. Yeah. Well, um, thank you so much for your yeah. time. I wish I had more. It's just, because there's so much to be unpacked, it, mm -hmm. so much to unpack mm -hmm. from what you do. And um, I personally want to thank you as a student. Thank mm. you for your time as an educator. And thank you for making the learning experience fun, whether <laughs> it's you're teaching yoga or teaching a, a different language. Mm -hmm. uh, I know it's not the easiest thing to do, uh, but with education, you do see your gems. You see mm -hmm. where that light bulb goes off. Um, that's mm -hmm. one thing that has always pleased my mom is that moment when you see a student get it yes like that's it yep um and thank you for uh supporting the community uh being a um meeting a need mm -hmm. that most of us have most of us probably don't want to admit that we have them <laughs> but we need it we do need time mm -hmm. to slow down we do need time to get to the to the um through the muck mm -hmm. and everything that makes us who we are because uh, one thing we don't want to do is carry those issues yep. into relationships, whether it's friends or yep. with your spouse or anybody that you or even um, somebody that you love mm -hmm. and have known in your entire life. But um, based off what you've told me, you're a great example of how you've taken your past and you've used it for the better. Thank and you. I, and no problem. I tell my mom all the time, like you it's amazing to hear your story in reference to people in general and to see where you are now. Like you could have been spiteful. You could have been mean. Mm. You could have been, um, blaming mm. everyone. 
mm. except opposed to just taking the opportunity to use what you have so that you can help others who may be experiencing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. For your time. And mm-hmm. for those of you who are, are listening, thank you for listening to uh, the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories uh, with Mrs. Uh, Monica Acosta. Yo, thank you for listening. Tune in next time for the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories. <laughs>